follow the lead. Disciple maker is what we are working on. We want to be a disciple maker. We ourselves, if you are a follower of Christ, ought to be a disciple, right? And so as we grow, the model in the old, uh, or sorry, in the, the, the first church, first century church, not the old church, the first century <laughs> church, uh, the model was um, teacher and student, rabbi and disciple. And so uh, somewhere along the lines, we've kind of got sidetracked and we deal with, we do big events, we do all this kind of fun stuff to try to attract people to the church. But the command of God was go, not come. Okay, and so um, we're getting back to the basics. I don't think we're going off course here. We're getting back to what the church is supposed to be. And that will definitely be uh, the culture of North Light Community Church. Amen. It is about going and making disciples. Praise God. Amen. Little Light is already in your classroom, Mr. Sheldon. So if you want to go that way and see Miss Holly. Mr. Sheldon, follow me. Follow Brother AJ there. Good to see you, Sister Janet. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. So we were just uh, refreshing, follow the lead. Praise God. That's uh, going to be every second Wednesday, which means that I get to be here. Amen. So excited about that. <laughs> means I get to be home. But in the, in the middle of doing follow the lead, which is a curriculum, uh, follow the lead, talking about making or becoming disciple makers, I thought it would be good to go through um, another series that would kind of complement uh, Follow to Lead. And that is simply this. Uh, ordinary, ordinary people. Ordinary people. There are, there are plenty of people in the world that think that they are extraordinary. There are also many people in the world that uh, we look at and say that they would be extraordinary. But for the most part, most people, how many people are on the planet right now? Six million something. Six, almost seven billion people, six plus billion. For the most part, including myself and probably everybody that's in this room, Probably. There might be one, a diamond in the rough, uh, who is extraordinary. But for the most part, we would consider ourselves to be ordinary people. These are uh, your average Joe or average Jane, uh, however that works. I don't know, your, your average person, the person that gets up uh, every day and, and maybe goes to work or has a family or takes care of uh, their home or maybe they're, they're, they're uh, tasked with taking care of their aging parents or, or maybe they're uh, going to college, they're college kids or maybe they're just working their first job or maybe they're just kids having a good day and enjoying play but they're just ordinary, going about their life people. The Bible is full of ordinary people. As we look through uh, Scripture, we look at what we would call, maybe in Hebrews, the heroes of faith. 
And we have people that we uh, aspire to, like the Apostle Paul. Great people. But if you talk to any of them, they would consider themselves to be ordinary. In their own power, in their own skill sets. Joseph, the father, Mary's husband, the father of Jesus, running around trying to teach him how to be a good kid. Can you imagine the pressure of that one? He was just an ordinary guy. Mary, once again, <laughs> virgin birth, incredible, ordinary girl. I think it says so in the song. It does. <laughs> Go look that one up later. I'm sure Janet already knows which song I'm talking about. <clears throat> She's just an ordinary, why me, inside this stable filled with hay? She's just an ordinary, yeah, yeah, okay. Now that we're all on different pages, let's bring it back. Um, ordinary people. This is what we've always heard. And I believe it to be true. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. All right? <clears throat> but it's usually the ordinary people that don't think that God will use them. And there is the trouble. There's the problem. Because God does, and we see it, we read it through Scripture, through scripture, all of these examples of incredible people doing incredible things where none of them thought that they could do what God was asking them to do. We're going to look specifically at the disciples of Jesus, but there are so many examples. Uh, <laughs> I talked to my mom about this, and she said, well, that's going to be a long series. Talking about ordinary people in the Bible, because that's pretty much everybody. But look, look at what Moses was called to do, and all of the issues that he had in his life, and all of his shortcomings, the things that he said he could not do, and God just kept opening up doors and making things possible and making it happen, so that he could fulfill the extraordinary task that God had laid before him. Ordinary people. And we go, that's amazing. God can use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Yes! And then when God asks us to do something, we look at ourselves and say, how can I do that? I'm just an ordinary person. I'm just an ordinary person. You know, in life, we really don't celebrate ordinary things. Like, woo! Today is a day. Woo! That's awesome. That, that is incredible, uh, ordinary things. Sometimes, when you have an old car, you do celebrate when it starts. Mm -hmm. But when you have a good car, and it's reliable, and it starts, we don't usually get out and dance the shout and jig outside of our car, saying, thank you, Jesus, one more day, one more mile. <laughs> right? Usually that's not celebrated when we start our car. When I sit in the chair and it holds me, 
<laughs> not something that I celebrate. Maybe I should. <laughs> Maybe I should. But it's an ordinary thing. You know, uh, uh, several years ago on one of our cruises, I don't know when it started, but it was just a fun little thing that we did. But they all start the meal with bread, and the, the, the server brings bread to the table. And we started, we're the weirdest people on cruise. I'm telling you right now, you, well, you probably do want to go on cruise with us. But um, when, when we go, when we go, we just enjoy ourselves immensely. And so when the bread would come, one of us in the family, my brother, his wife, or my mom, or dad, somebody clapped. Like, <laughs> yes, the meal's coming. Well, that started every single meal. We celebrated the bread coming to the table, and the, the servers would just look at us like we'd lost our <laughs> minds. Uh, it was just an ordinary part of the meal for them to serve. It's the first thing that comes out. But we got excited. It wasn't just because it was bread coming to the table. Yes, we were having a lot of fun with it. But it was about the experience that was about to happen. A really good, top-notch, world-class meal was about to happen. It was fixing to throw down, <laughs> right, on the crew. So we would... We were actually celebrating an ordinary thing, but it was exciting because you're on a cruise, right? But that was just an ordinary part of the meal. But at home, you know, when the the three tacos are on the plate and the plate and it's a paper plate and it gets tossed on the on the uh, the, the, the island there and and slides across and here you go eat it before it gets cold. I don't celebrate that. I don't. That's an ordinary thing. That's just a that's just a dinner time, and, and yes, I pray over it, but I don't celebrate those things. It's just an ordinary thing. It's not normal to celebrate the ordinary. We consider ordinary to be normal or average or mediocre, not special, blah, or bland. That's ordinary. And we look at ourselves and almost look down on ourselves when we consider ourselves to be ordinary. But God views ordinary very differently. God views ordinary very differently. And so in that, this is what I want us to get out of all of this. I want to see what God sees in me. I want to see the potential that God sees in me. I want to see the things that I'm going to accomplish with his power working in me. I want to see what God sees. The old song says, when he sees me, he sees the blood of the lamb. I am covered by his blood. And so he doesn't look at me as, as wretched and filthy. He sees me as worthy, not as I am. But something has to change in my mindset to see me as God sees me. Something has to change in my life in order for me to see what God sees in me. And that's not to be proud or boastful in any way. 
But I want to get to the point when God says, speak, I speak. When God says, go, I go. When God says, do, I do. Because I know that he's going to work through me, through this just ordinary person, to accomplish something extraordinary in someone's life or even in my own life. Maybe in my family. Maybe on my job. Something extraordinary can happen when God uses you. And that's what I want to see. I want to see me through God's eyes. So as we look at the disciples, we'll find characteristics that you identify with. And some that you don't. Right? Everybody's different. You may not find one single disciple that you identify with. Like, that. oh yeah, that's my personality type. But maybe you identify with all of them. I don't know. But there are characters throughout Scripture, people throughout Scripture, ordinary people, that we can identify with. And we can see through their example how God saw them, how God changed them, how God used them to do extraordinary things. Our text tonight is Acts uh, four. And hopefully I got this one right. It's not about incense. Oh. <laughs> oh, praise God. Note to preachers out there that may be watching. Verify that you put the right scripture and represent it. All right then. <clears throat> Excellent. It's just a little service announcement for all you ordinary preachers out there. Praise God. Uh, Acts 4. 7 through 3, and of course our key verse is going to be verse uh, 13. Can you see through my head? Yeah. How about we stand for the reading? Of <laughs> Praise God. It's got dual purpose. One, respect for the word. Two, you can see over my head. All right. Um, or... All right. <clears throat> Amen. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done, to the important man, or the impotent man, I'm sorry, he was an important man, but he was impotent as well. Uh, by what means he was made whole, be it known unto you, all, every single one. And to all the people of Israel, everyone outside of this chamber, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you uh, builders, which is become the head of the corner. It's a Jesus Christ cornerstone translation. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby... We must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, 
and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. How rude. They marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Praise God. Let's look at 4.13 in the NLT. The members of the council. The members of the council were what? They were amazed. Who were they? These were learned, educated, scholarly people that supposedly knew everything there was to know or close to everything there was to know about the scrolls, about the scripture. And this was their view of Peter and John. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Boldness is great. Boldness comes from the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. God, I pray that you would speak through me. Pray that you would help me tonight, God, to deliver the word as you gave it to me. I pray that we would be changed by your word. We would not leave here the same way that we walked in tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ordinary, you may be seated. <clears throat> Ordinary. Ordinary. Now, this is a deep thought here. Sister Bethany, you still with us? Yeah. Okay, just check. <laughs> Ordinary, with no special or distinctive features. I know this is super deep. Ordinary also means normal. <laughs> some of us may not even attain that in life. Uh, some of us are abnormal, right? <clears throat> some of us are not normal. Um, but ordinary, the definition, no special or distinctive features, normal. It was pointed out by the well-educated religious elite that Peter and John were just simply ordinary men with no special training. Now we know that that is very specific to training in the scripture. Because Peter was trained. He was skilled, but in different areas. He had skills long before Jesus came up and said, follow me. Peter was able to take care of himself and his family because he had skills. But he was, to them, an ordinary man with no special training. They also happened to notice one very important aspect and that is the link between ordinary and extraordinary. The link that they saw and pointed out is that they recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. How in the world could they stand there with such boldness, speaking 
tell, telling them, you crucified Jesus. And he was raised from the dead. And most of them did not believe that. But he spoke boldly. You killed him, yet he was raised from the dead. And they're standing here in front of them, basically preaching what they would consider to be heresy. But they recognized something about them. That they had been with Jesus. When people look at me, there is one thing that I want more than anything else in this life. I want them to look at me and see that I have been with Jesus. That I have taken time out of my week. That I've taken time out of my day. And I've spent time in prayer. And I've spent time in the Word. I have spent time with Jesus. I can get out there on my street corner and have my signs and holler at cars as they go by. And I can I can preach on the street corners. I can go uh, everywhere and, and just kind of uh, tell people how it is and, and, and be bold. Absolutely. But a very important aspect of that, if they just look at me and go, wow, he's really bold and loud, that's... Whatever, you know, like, I'm so, so uh, not impressed with this loud, annoying person. What I want them to recognize the most is that I've been with Jesus. There was something different about you. There was something about your spirit. There was something about your attitude, the way that you walk and the way that you talk and the way that you look. And There's something different about you. And the only thing that would explain my difference or my extraordinary self is Jesus. That's it. Not because I've gone to school and not because I've, I've learned everything that there is to know about uh, the scrolls and scripture. Uh, I'm still growing and so are you, I hope. Uh, we're, we're all growing together. But the most important aspect of any ordinary person is that they see Jesus in you. They can tell that you've spent time with the Master. Amen. So who is Simon? Who is Simon? We all have our, our ideas of what Simon is, and, and most of them are correct. I would say most of them are correct as we look through it. Simon, he was also called Simon Bar-Jonah or son of Jonah or Jonas or John or however they want to interpret that. Um, so that was his name, Simon. Um, also called Simon Peter, which is a connected uh, name that, that uh, we'll get into that in just a second. Simon Peter. Uh, we also know that he was a fisherman. Um, by trade, so he was skilled. Obviously, he was skilled at his trade, or he would have starved, right? So, um, although we did find uh, one story where they didn't do so well, but uh, if anybody's ever fished before, that is common. Um, they call it fishing. They don't call it catching, right? So, um, I wish they did, because I'm more of a, if I go fishing, I want to catch something, right? I don't want to just go and, and cast, right? That's frustrating. 
And you end up with a sore arm and no fish, right? Um, but that's what he did for a living. Uh, he was, and these are all going to surprise you, he was outspoken. He was hard-headed. Anybody know anybody who is hard-headed? Or outspoken? Or stubborn? Or impulsive? Just ask my mom about my impulsive behaviors as a child. If I had the money to do it, I would buy it on the spot without even thinking. It was so against Dave Ramsey. Like, go home and think about it, sleep on it, give it some time, don't do impulse shopping, all that kind of stuff. And as, as, as time progresses, that may be a problem, so watch it. Um, <laughs> impulsive shopping on Amazon, uh, those kind of things. Uh, but that was Peter. Peter was very impulsive. If, if Amazon would have been available to him, he would have been an impulsive buyer on Amazon. But he was also, another side of Peter was, he was inquisitive. He was loyal and strong-willed. All of those can be good and bad characteristics. But inquisitive is, is good. God, I, I want to know. Like, I, I need to get to an answer here. I would like to understand you better. I'd like to understand your purpose better. Inquisitive is a good thing. Loyal is a great thing. Strong-willed, I will not be moved. Right? <laughs> Strong-willed uh, kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with stubborn. Right? One can be kind of a negative, one can be kind of a positive. Uh, Strong-willed uh, was an important aspect of Peter and an important part of what God was going to use in his life. And yes, I said the word loyal. In everybody's mind, as soon as you talk about Peter, goes to the moment that he failed. Everyone goes to that moment where he denied Christ. Not just once, not just twice, but thrice in the King James. Thrice, right? But Peter, I can't ignore his loyalty when standing in the garden. And they came to take Jesus. I'm a fisherman, but I got a sword, right? To protect his master. Loyal in overwhelming odds against him. There was no way that Peter was going to win that battle. Right? Trained army, guards, and a fisherman with a knife. He wasn't going to win that. I would call that loyal. Willing to give up one's life for his master. And so, in all of these ordinary people, we're going to see good stuff. We're going to see bad stuff. We're going to see failure. 
we're going to see, uh, hopefully, uh, repentance and getting back up and doing the right thing. But that's not always the case. But Peter did. Peter did. Sometimes Jesus called Simon uh, by his given name, Simon, of course. And at other times, Jesus called him Peter. As I was studying on, on his character, Simon, you could look at Simon as his natural self or his human side. His ordinary side. His fisherman side. But Peter, which was kind of a nickname given to him, Peter referring to the rock, was who he could be. When Jesus called him Peter for the first time, he was not the rock that we looked at in scripture that's standing on the day of Pentecost and preaching about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That, that was not the Peter of the time when Jesus first called him Peter. It was who he could be. Peter, the, the one who would betray. I believe he was still called Peter at the time. Right? We have a God that looks at us and he sees our potential and he at times calls us by what we can be. Calls us to something. Right now he's calling us to be disciple makers. And we're looking at ourselves going, I, there's no way. I don't have the right personality type. I don't have the strengths in those areas. Sometimes I struggle with, with my words. and I, That's me right there. I'm struggling with words tonight. I, I, I struggle with the right thing to say. And, and how am I going to... I have a hard time making friends. And, and I don't get close to very many people. And it's not really my personality. And Jesus is looking at us saying, You're a disciple maker. I've called you to be a disciple maker, and we're going to have failures along the way, but it's what we can be. He sees our potential. He sees our potential. Jesus knows exactly who we are, but he also views us very, very differently than we see ourselves. He sees what we can be. He not only sees it, but he knows your purpose, and your full potential. That's the God that you serve. He knows it. You're like, oh, then could you please just tell me? Give me some, give me some insight here. Let me know. Well, sometimes it's just a lantern to your feet. I got the next step, right? What am I doing next? I don't know. I'm going to take the next step. Right? That, that, that's how it works sometimes. Sometimes I can see down the road, I can see the next peak of the mountain. And the Lord will show that to you. It's like, this is what you're going to do. But he doesn't show you the journey through the valley to get there. Right? 
Sometimes it's in the valley that you just got to take the one step after another. Hold on to the promise that he, that he gave, the purpose that he gave to you. Be that disciple maker. Praise God. We sometimes dismiss God when he calls us Peter or what we could be. Our eyes have not been opened to what he sees in us. We sometimes dismiss our pastor when they see our potential. I'm speaking from experience. Not from y'all's experience. But I'm speaking from experience. Where my pastor would say, this is what I would like you to do. I'm like, I don't have those abilities. I, I don't see that in myself. I don't see that ever happening in my life. Sometimes we dismiss that. When someone else sees our potential. God help us to see what you see in us. God help us to see that. Help us to see how you see. So there are a million moments in Peter's life that we could go over time. Uh, but one moment of revelation propelled him into his God-given purpose. And that's found in Matthew 16. Jesus talking. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? So he just asked them about all the other stuff. But like everybody's, what are people saying about me? Who are they calling me? And they went through all these lists. But who do you say that I am? Pointed question. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, a proclamation. This is what I'm calling you. You are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Praise God. Simon received revelation that day. He knew and spoke boldly who Jesus was, or who Jesus is. It's kind of hard to talk about eternal in the past tense. Who Jesus is. He had revelation that day of who Jesus is. This revelation of who Jesus is was the rock that was being talked about. Peter is not the foundation on all of this stuff that we believe. It's the revelation of who Jesus is. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But in that, he was saying, Peter, you're going to be a, a very important aspect of this. You're going to be used mightily in presenting this revelation of who I am to the world. The revelation changed Simon Barjona, the ordinary, into Peter, the rock. The rock. And when I think of a rock, I think of stability. And when we are being called the rock, God is calling us 
whatever he wants to call us and use us for. We look at that and say, how in the world can I achieve that kind of stability, that kind of usability? Because we know further on in the story, this is long before the denial, right? What I'm telling you is that God is going to call you and use you to be a disciple maker. And I'm telling you right now, you will fail from time to time. You will make mistakes. You will push too hard and someone's going to say, I don't want any of your religion nonsense again because you just pushed me away. And you feel like you've just absolutely destroyed your relationship with them and you've just gone too far. And how could God use me? I'm too hard-headed and stubborn and I just... I, no. People have to make up their own mind. You need to pick yourself up and continue on the road that God has sent you on. Being a disciple maker. So when he calls you to do something, we look at the examples and we know. We know we're going to mess it up. Because I'm not perfect. And you're not perfect. And you know this. But then many times we don't know this. Because <laughs> if we knew this, when we messed up, we get back up. What's it say about a righteous man? Gets back up. Yes, in the uh, AJ version, <laughs> he gets back up. Right? What makes him a righteous man? The fact that he gets back up. What makes you a disciple maker? The fact that you try again. Do it one more time. What makes you a Christian today? The fact that you get up every day and say, I'm going to live this life today, for this moment, for this day. I'm going to live for God this week. I'm going to live for God this month. I'm going to make it my lifestyle. I'm going to do everything I can to please the Master. I'm going to do everything I can to reach the lost. And you're going to fall. You're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to spout off. You're going to get upset. And you're going to get back up and do it all over again. <laughs> Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> you're going to get back up and do it all over again. God help us get to the point where we're not failing as much as we fail now. Right? And believe me, through time and through relationship and through maturity, you can live a life where you fail less. Amen. Isn't that encouraging today? Where you fail less. Because you will make mistakes. I'm telling you. You're human. You are ordinary people. Man. Incredible. We can so easily dismiss ourselves because we know our weaknesses. We know our flaws. We know our faults. Jesus can't use me because I'm not a perfect Christian. I may struggle with faithfulness, bad attitudes, rebellion, submission, or even purity. Peter failed and denied Jesus after receiving this revelation. After all of the discipling, after all that he saw, after all of the training, after all of the closeness, 
After all of the uh, relationship, Peter was in the inner circle, the closest ones to Jesus. Peter was still ordinary people. Ordinary people. Jesus sees your potential. He calls you to be close. He will invest in you and will propel you to your purpose. Jesus saw Peter's potential. He called him in close. He invested in Peter. And he propelled him to his purpose. Do you think he'll do any less for you and I? Say, he sees my potential. Say, he sees my potential. He sees my potential. <laughs> he calls me close. He calls me close. He invests in me. He invests in me. And he will propel me, and he will propel me into, my purpose. into my purpose. Don't allow your insecurities, your self-view to prevent God's perfect will to be accomplished in your life. Amen. I am an ordinary person working with the power and the authority of the Spirit of God ordinary person being used of God. That's all it is. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things by the power of God. If Peter needed power from on high, which he did, if he needed to have the Holy Ghost to accomplish his purpose, then we need to be filled as well. You and I, ordinary people, can do great things for the kingdom of God, but we need to work in the power of the Holy Ghost. Was, was Peter able to, within his own, because we know that he was outspoken, loud, and, and he had kind of the personality to, to get out there and, 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 and maybe holler at people, right? But would he have been able to go out with the, uh, the other disciples with him? I love that. Because they, uh, they are standing as witnesses of everything that Peter's saying on that day. Right? He's telling the truth. <laughs> We're standing behind everything that he's saying. Standing there preaching on that day. On the day of Pentecost. Where the Spirit was poured out on all flesh. Peter received the Holy Ghost. Who else was there? He got 119 other people in name. No, I'm just kidding. Mary was there. The mother, if the mother of Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. Unbelievable. Believable. Believable. Praise God. Peter got up that day under the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and preached the message. 
And what happened on that incredible day? We baptized one in the precious name of Jesus. No. There was a powerful move of God. And there was... Good guess. 3,000. <laughs> excellent. Uh, th th that were filled with the Holy Ghost and commanded them to be baptized, right? So that there was more to it than just being filled with the Holy Ghost. So they were also baptized in the name of Jesus. And from there, exponential growth, right? We get excited when we have one visitor. And guess what? God gets excited when one sinner repents. So there's nothing wrong with getting excited over one visitor. But I'm telling you, if we will all start working in the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives, we will see yeah. exponential growth. Yeah. Not just numbers in a church building. I'm not looking for numbers in a church building. I'm looking for lives changed by the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you tonight, you've got an amazing purpose in God. Do not sell yourself short because you think... That you're an ordinary person. God can't use me. I'm telling you that God can use you. Janet, God can use you. Shay, God can use you. Bethany, even you can be used by God. Praise God. Amen. And you two rascals. God can use you mightily for the kingdom. He already has, and he will continue to do so. Do we uh, just take that and, 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 and think that, well, that's just our, our, our master purpose, and I don't really have to try this? No, no, no. This is an everyday effort. Mm -hmm. Say, God, use me today. God, direct me today. Use me for your glory today. Lead me to a hungry soul today. And I pray that your word and your anointing will impact their life and change it. Forever. Praise God. I, I don't want us to ever think about just filling up a building. That's not what this is about. It's about changing lives, discipling people, other ordinary people that God is going to do extraordinary things through. Let's say it. Praise God. Oh, there is... There is... <laughs> There is such a sweet presence of the Lord in this place. God is wanting to do such an amazing thing through this little tiny ordinary group of people that will impact, it will shape the foundations of this area. Hallelujah. Lives will be changed by the gospel because of you. Because of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, I pray right now, God, over this group of people, God, those that might be watching on Facebook, I pray that you would help us to see what you see in us. Help us to see our potential and to live up to what you have for us, knowing not within our own strength, not by our own might or anything that we have or skills within us, but by your spirit and by your power and by your anointing, God, that we would go out and be disciple makers 
and see the change that you want to bring in people's lives. Use us mightily for your kingdom, I pray. God, when we fail, I pray that we would not beat ourselves up, but that we would get back up and continue doing what you've called us to do. Help us to see that your grace is sufficient and that your power is going to work through us no matter what our flaws might be, no matter what our faults might be. You're going to use us mightily for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord. Bye, Lord. 